What's up? Welcome back to the That's Good Podcast. The one and only. The other ones are Whoa, That's Good. We don't talk about that trash. Not the Whoa, That's Good Podcast. I am Daniel James Dodd, and this is... Shelby Smiley. Shelby... Do you remember? Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted me to say it on the air. Oh, no, it's a big secret. Nobody can know my middle name. I didn't know. You looked at me like I was, she gave me a look. I'm it's like, Shelby <gasps> Delane Smiley. Delane! Hey, Not hey, Delaney, because hey. then that'd be too many Ys. Well, imagine if your name is Shelby Delaney Smiley. It's a lot of Ys. It's a lot. That's good. We're so pumped to be back for week four, um, episode four of our pod. We're having a lot of fun doing it. Last week was really cool hanging out with the one and only lead pastor of the Christ Church Camden, the John McLarnan, who also wrote the book on marriage mm-hmm. that we found out that we got a, a, a little breaking news, drop. a special release here on the pod that it's out there somewhere, folks. So if you find the John McLarnan book, your marriage will be perfect. How are you doing there, Shelby? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm I'm a little concerned. Uh, Dan and okay. I have had a discussion a couple times that neither of us have anything in our calendar next week. We work at a church, and it's the week leading up to Christmas and Christmas Eve, and there's nothing in the calendar. Like Christmas Eve is on my calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have three awesome services right here at Christ Church Camden, 135. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. Really pumped about it. Awesome to help and do everything with that. But literally my entire week, like every week before this is like stuff every day, mornings, Well, now we got stuff because we got podcast episode at least. Well, yeah, we got to record the pod, but like. Other than that, we're going to be planning camp. Get ready for camp 2023. Ooh, summer camp. Chaos summer camp. back to camp. Back to camp. Have you, this is a side note. This is not, they're not going to want to hear this. Have you ever seen that girl on TikTok? And she's like, I'm back, baby. <laughs> No. <laughs> Me and Avery send every one of her videos back Please and forth. Please keep this in the podcast. She works Can you do it Target. one more time? I'm back, baby. Nice. <laughs> she I works at Target. I wish I knew. So Sunday, I went to my daughter's uh, Christmas kids singing concert thing, which was pretty cool. It's actually at a different church, which was really, really cool to also be able to go hang out with some other people who are telling people about Jesus. That's pretty cool. But it was just one of those amazing moments where I watched my seven-year-old and my four-year-old and a bunch of other children sing songs, and they gave Hazel a solo for for the second verse of Away in a Manger. And Hazel's really good at a lot of things, and she's very talented, and she I love her so much. Singing is not really her jam. Really? She's flat. I'm not that musically talented. She's flat on every note. Like, away in a manger. You're like, oh. It's actually probably pretty good because she's going to need to be humble eventually. Because she actually is really good at other stuff. Yeah, no, she's awesome. She's, like, one of the most athletic little kids I've ever seen. She jumps around, climbs on stuff, does backflips. It's crazy. She doesn't do backflips. Anyway, but it was just really cool to watch my daughters. And at one point, uh, Harper, my four-year-old, was standing behind Alistair, who's one of our awesome leader's children, um, who's a little boy. <laughs> He's standing in front of her, and at one point, Harper just put both hands on the back of his head. It was just, like, petting him as he sang this. <laughs> She's so funny. It was amazing. And then she just casually was like, yeah, I'm done. All right, back no to singing. Oh, little town of that. It was just amazing. <laughs> it was just, it was a great time. I don't know if you've gone to any little kid concerts where they sing Christmas songs, but it is very, very entertaining. I went to a fire big kid Christmas concert that same afternoon. It was like, I was like, holy cow, you guys are really talented. It was very impressive. I pretty much it was automatically in the Christmas spirit. Ooh, just brought it in the like, soul. The lights came on and I was like, Christmas. It's it, now. That quick. Didn't need a song, just the lights. No, literally the lights came up and the countdown started. I was like, oh yeah, let's, let's go. Jesus was born today. I have a few Christmas thoughts as we keep moving. I know we've talked about Christmas multiple pods, but it's a long season. Um, And here's my first thought. I would argue that colorful lights are superior to the white lights. How do you feel about that thought? Um, yeah, I think it depends on your aesthetic. I think if you're going for a really homey, vintagey Christmas feel, then yes, colored lights are the way to go. 
See, I agree. I mean, classy Christmas is, is white lights for sure. But like my family never had the Christmas tree that was like classy Christmas. Don't touch the tree. Our our family's tradition was that we got ornaments every year. For my parents just bought us ornaments every single year from something we did. If we went to Florida that year for vacation, we got like a surfboard or whatever. Um, if we went to Disney, we got something Disney related. And then we just had our own box of ornaments. And every year we would bust out our entire box and then we would decorate our tree. So my tree was just this hodgepodge of madness that made no sense. It did not have much class. It had tinsel, which we know tinsel. I, I think tinsel, tinsel tree. equals not a classy tree. Like to me, classy tree is like white lights, glittery red and white and silver ornaments and bows. Like red bows. That's his classy Christmas tree to me. Interesting. And what says homey Christmas tree is like colorful lights, random ornaments, tinsel, candy canes. Like that to me says, hey, this family, they actually love each other. Whoa. Okay. That was a little much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just mean, whenever I walk into a house and it's like, don't touch a Christmas tree. It's mom decorated perfectly. I'm like, oh, chill, man. Christmas is fun. Like, Anyway, if your mom decorated the Christmas tree like that, I'm sure she still loves you. I was a little bit out of my league there. So, I Yeah, apologize. we had ours we never had colored lights when we were younger, but we did have like it was like we crafted our ornaments. Like it was stuff from school and then we had some like random ones like my grandparents would give us over the years and stuff that were like very personal. But we never had colored lights and we never had tinsel. We did have like beaded garland though that was like plastic beads. Oh yeah. So we were like somewhere in the middle. But okay. now that we're older, my mom's transitioned to like a very fancy bow and she decorated sure. it by herself. Because now she knows that there's not a three year old like my or like a one year old like at my house where if you look at my tree right now, all the ornaments are like there's no <laughs> ornaments on the bottom half of my tree. Because my son, my one year old just crawls up and pulls him down. Um but I do feel like now that she's like my kid, my children are adults. My children are adults, and like, <laughs> we just kicked both cameras. <laughs> for the listeners at home, Shelby just accidentally kicked my camera that's looking at me, and I paused for a minute. I said I should have just kept going, but it was funny. And then when I looked at her, she's moved her foot and accidentally kicked her own camera. So please leave both of those in the shots on YouTube. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, I think you can have a white tree and still have a homey Christmas tree. Like, I think, I think you can not like a white, like fake white tree. light. No, yeah. I mean like white lights, um, Christmas tree. And here's another Christmas thought I have. Ready? Uh, Ferrero Rocher. Is that how you say that? I think it's just Ferrero Rocher. Ferrero Rocher. There's no L. I don't. I don't or is think the so. L L L E? And it's like what? Let's Google. Google machine. Google machine. We're, we're on the pod. Call it the Google machine. Hey. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Well, I'll show you Google machines it. The Ferrero shell. There's those little tin gold balls of chocolate covered hazelnuts. I think is that what they are? Mm -hmm. And they have bits of nuts on them. I only ever see those at Christmas time. Where do they go for 11 months? And then if their business model is to only advertise at Christmas, how do you stay in business for 12 months of the year? I, I, like, when else are you eating them? Nobody eats them on Easter. Maybe they're like, they oh, it's like, Labor Day. Let's eat some Ferrero Rochelle. Like, no. What about, like, the nostalgia? Like, people were in the store. Like, they're always in the checkout line at, like, Target and stuff. Maybe you're in the store and you see it and you're like, oh, Christmas. I'm going to get that. Why are they always stacked in a pyramid, too? They're always, like, stacked <laughs> in a pyramid. I don't understand. Right, like, what are they? This. Please play it. Ferrero Rocher. Ferrero Rocher. Isn't that what I said? No, you're saying Rochelle. I said Rocher and you No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Never mind. I was saying Rochelle. Ferrer Rocher. What is it? What country? Rocher. What country is that from? Oh gosh. Ferrera Rocher. I'm sorry that I pronounced the L because I'm an American. And we believe in the L's. Side note, one thing I learned when I was in Montreal and they were trying to teach me Montreal French when I was like twenty years old was if you want to speak French, just don't pronounce the end of a word. That's just how they speak French. They're like, Hey, see this R, see this L at the end of the word? Don't say it. You're speaking French. Well, it's Italian. Italians. <laughs> <laughs> All those Europeans don't say the end of their words. Anyway, Dan is not culture. That's what we're learning here today. Um, because I like colorful lights, which makes me uncultured. I don't know how to say Ferrero Rocher. I pronounce L's. Is there an L in the end of the word? No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. There's no L in the end of that word. Are you yeah, for real? I'm positive. It's spelled R-O-C-H-E-R. But they don't pronounce the R. So my point's still valid. One of the Google questions is, what is the Ferrero Rocher target audience? I don't know. <laughs> Young Who is audience it? and adults answer? from 25 to 45. Young? <laughs> Young? What? I 
This is but funny. like I mean to say like there are commercials on TV every Christmas time. They show up like if you walk through Walmart right now, those end of um, aisle like displays. There's just a Ferrero Rocher one, and like I have never seen them outside of Christmas time. Like where do they go, and who eats them at Christmas time? I I seem to think like growing up, what they were to me was like you got to go to a dumb Christmas party and you don't know what to buy or what to bring. You just bought a box of Ferrero Rocher and you brought it and then they disappeared. I'm about to I'm, blow your mind. I, I've never seen anyone eat one. What? Blow the it. reason that they don't have to sell year-round is that they also uh, are, whoever owns Frere Rocher also owns Nutella, Kinder Joy, and Tic Tac. Okay, so they're doing okay. So that's why. They're also, okay. I probably paid enough really on orange Tic Tacs when I was a kid to keep them in business for a while. They're also apparently a really big part of Diwali. Oh. The Indian holiday. That's around but Halloween, guess, right? Isn't that like October, November? Maybe. Diwali? I also guess since you know it's a foreign that? candy. Thank you, The that... Office. <laughs> What's the song he sings? Diwali. <laughs> it's the Hanukkah song from Adam Sandler. It's Adam Sandler's SNL Hanukkah song that he just tweaks into Diwali. This is going out to Indians everywhere. <laughs> it's a tribute to one of the greats, Mr. Adam Sandler. <laughs> Told you. Diwali. A festival of lights. Let me tell you something. Tonight has been one crazy night. <laughs> so put on your saris. It's time to celebrate Diwali. Everybody looks so jolly. But it's not Christmas, it's Diwali. The goddess of destruction, Holly. Stop by to celebrate the warning. Wow. You really Zombies. Wow. Um, I have watched The Office I've watched it too a lot, many too, times and I to don't count. know the words. And also, it it's a character is Sunday, trait. November 12th. It's a personality trait. November 12th. Yeah. So, like, October, November. Yeah. A little later than I thought. but Because I just remember there's the Halloween episode where he has to fire someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He fires Devin at the end of the day. And then it's like the next episode is like Diwali. And his girlfriend, he proposes to her and she's dressed like it's a <laughs> costume party. That's his actual wife, by the way. If you don't know this in The Office, if you're watching The Office, uh, what's her name? Her name in the show? Kate or something. No. Not Kate, you oh, idiot. No, what's her name in the show? It's his. She's his realtor. All I can think of is Karen. It's not Karen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, anyway, but that's his real wife. That's Steve Carell's actual wife in real life. Um, it's his realtor and the, his girlfriend he proposes to on his second date when he tells her it's a costume party and it's a celebration of Diwali. So anyway, uh, we are way off topic here, and I love it. Her name's Carol. Carol. Karen. I said Kate. I, I wasn't I, that far I, away. We weren't either. I was thinking Karen, but I knew that wasn't right. I just knew you were wrong. Um, hey, last thing I was thinking about when I thought about Christmas things, this one isn't really a hot take, but I was just thinking about things I had growing up. So I don't understand Ferrero Rocher, but I guess if you're selling Nutella and if you let Dan Dodd buy infinite amount of orange Tic Tacs as a kid, hey. orange Tic Tacs, that's the way to go. Every time somebody like Tic Tac, I'd be like, heck yeah, they pull out white ones. <laughs> or the, what about the multicolored ones? Why? Just get the orange. Anyway, um, chocolate oranges. You ever have a chocolate orange at Christmas time? Never. You never had a chocolate orange at Christmas Not time? Not a single time. I have a very distinct memory of when I'm growing up, I'd walk into my kitchen. So my house kind of weaved. You'd come in the front door in the living room. You'd kind of go left into the living room. Then you'd go straight into a dining room, the stairs upstairs. And then you'd take a right into the kitchen, then kind of the left the kitchen. It was just a bunch of like rectangles anyway. A it's kind of like, left and right. Yeah, you kind of weaved through. But when you get in the kitchen, you turn left. We had a bread box. That's where all our bread obviously went. On top of the bread box every Christmas time, someone, I don't know who, Someone gave us a chocolate orange. One for you each, or just one? Ah, uh, it was mainly it was like they were pretty big. Like they were oh. like they were like a softball size, and so it was just this chocolate Is orange. This it was an like orange covered in chocolate. No, I think it was just chocolate, but it had like an orange flavor. What? Which sounds weird. So anyway, what it was is it was like a box, and in the box was this like sphere. It looked like a softball, and it was covered in like an orange tin foily kind of feel, and you would like. You could, like, pull it apart. Like, it would break apart into wedges. Can I see the picture? Yes! You would, like, break apart into wedges. Is there an actual orange in that, though? 
Mm-mm. Okay, good. Because I thought I was going to lie. No, the slices look like chocolate. Yeah, so you like it pull must it be apart. Orange flavor. You'd have like a slice. It looked like a sliced orange, but it was like a cho- like a hollow. Maybe it was hollow. Like it was chocolate. I don't know where they came from, but every Christmas we had a chocolate orange. And I don't know whatever happened to those. Do they still exist? Did I make them up in the first place? Did I? Is this all a dream? No, they definitely still exist because I saw them on TikTok the other week. This this British girl, it's a British chocolate, I think. And I don't remember if the girl was British or if she was from somewhere else in Europe, but she bit it into the orange. Was it hollow? No. I feel like mine was hollow. What was in it? It was like a whole chunk? I think it was just chocolate. Okay, well, I don't know because she bit into it. So she was biting the other chocolates. I don't know if the individual so slices she bit had into cho- it. She bit into <sighs> it. But then this other lady do edit it, and she was like, "That's wrong. You smash it on the table." And then she like hit hers on the table, I do and remember it that. fell yeah. apart. Yeah, I remember that thing. We never did that. It was it basically just sat, but like nobody ate it, dude. We should because it's really not that good. We like, should it's give away a chocolate orange. Twelve days of giveaways. I'm ordering it right now. Chocolate. Orange. Follow us on Instagram for twelve days of giveaways. That's giveaway. true. We're giving away crap on Chaos Instagram. So if you're listening to this, you're a few days in already. But like, maybe you're listening to it late, and we're like halfway through already. But go follow the Insta and like stuff, and you got to comment and participate. And then we'll we're just we're giving stuff away. I know if day one was like a Starbucks gift card. We're just we it's Christmas time. We're giving crap away. Anyway, the chocolate orange. I still don't know what's going on. I said anyway again. I'm gonna. It's like a buzzword in my brain. That I'm just saying anyway too much on the pod. Mm. We can get one for seven dollars. Is that too? Ooh, seven dollars. Never mind. You guys aren't worth seven dollars. <laughs> just kidding. We're buying an orange. Somebody's gonna win a chocolate orange. It's gonna be amazing. And then you need to put us on your story and tag us when you drop it and it like breaks. And then we need to know: is it hollow or is it not hollow? What's the What's the word for not hollow? Is it solid? Solid. Is it a solid chunk of chocolate or is it, and is it orange flavored? I don't remember. Maybe it was just a mental thing where like, because I looked like an orange, it tastes like an orange. No, I, th- I think because the, the picture is like two little orange slices with like an orange peel in front of it, which to me says like, this is orange flavored. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't generally like. Why else would it be orange shaped? I, 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 <laughs> I don't know who would have sat in an office one day. and was like, I got a genius idea. And they're like, tell us. And he's like. Let's take an orange and just make it chocolate. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, cover it in chocolate? He's like, no, 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 no. Not like strawberry. Like, not like chocolate-covered strawberries. Let's just make a chocolate ball and pretend it's an orange. I don't know who did that. I don't know who thought that was a great idea. Yeah, there's it definitely seems like it there could be better It wouldn't have made it through the dream stages for me. If they said that in my office, I'd be like, okay, go back to the drawing board. Anyway, Caught it. Didn't say it. Um, last, here's something else I'm thinking about. I can't say last thing either because I listened to a little bit to our, I listen to the podcast to make sure we don't sound like big dum dums all the time, and we do most of the time, and that's okay. Just me, rather. But I also said this is the last Christmas thing like eight times. Last time, literally every was, single time he stopped a thought, he'd say, "All right, like, last this Christmas is the last thing." One. And then I thought of something else I wanted to ask Johnny Boy. So, uh, but I was thinking about this too. It's finals week as we record this at our schools. And I remember finals being a weird time, a very calm week, but also stressful. It just depends. You know what I mean? Like depending on how you, how your finals got laid out. I remember being very nervous when the final schedule came out and being like, okay, maybe all my finals, I got exempt from two of them. I only have to take three of them. Maybe they will be like Monday and Tuesday. Maybe I have one Monday, two Tuesday, and I can just be gone the rest of the week. And then you get like one Monday, one Tuesday and your third one is Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. And you're like, and you're just like really angry because you have to be there all week. Yeah. No? You don't vibe with that? No, I do. That's not your finals experience? But that's not really, like, when I first got to high school, we never, like, in middle school, our finals were, like, standardized testing, so you couldn't get out of it because it was legal in the state of Georgia. But when I got to high school, I think it was, like, the end of my sophomore years when they rolled out here where if like you have a certain grade, you could have a certain amount of absences. And as long as you were in that window, you didn't have to take it. Just so, p- purely based on attendance and your grade. Oh, okay. So it was like, if you had like above a 95, you could have like five absences. And then if you had like 90 to 95, you could have like four. If you had a C, you had to have zero absences. But if you had a C and zero, you could still like get out of your oh, finals. Wow. So okay. that was really, I like, you knew if you were going to be exempt or not, because right. it was kind of like. Like I was gone for two weeks, so I'm yeah. screwed. And then basically yeah. you didn't have to go to school. Like oh. after that, you just, you didn't get in trouble if you skipped. That was like middle the, school? No, that was high school. Oh, okay. I was like, hell. Middle holy. school, there was no way out of it because it was standardized. Yeah. <laughs>
there were a couple finals where you just needed an A to get exempt. And I remember one time I was like, oh, I got this. And then I like had like a, a B plus. And they were like, enjoy your final. And I was, I immediately regretted like, remember that test that I was like, I don't need to study for this. And I got like a C plus. Or and like I was like, that's fine. Like you were like, oh, I have an A. I'm going to skip this assignment. Yep. And then it was like. Like, I don't need to do this crap. I'm, I'm fine. And then I get, literally have like, a, I'm like one point away from an A and I have to take a final. I've never been so salty in my life. The worst one I think I ever took was my chemistry final when I was like mm. a junior in high school. That sounds terrible. He was like, learn the entire periodic table. I'm just going to hand you a blank one. Enjoy. And I was like, why does this help me in life? Yeah. Even if I'm a chemist, do you know what I could do? I could Google yeah. periodic table. There's, because there's I don't know no if you guys know this. Where they're remove your I'm resources. young enough that I had the internet in high school. I don't know if you knew that, but it's a real thing. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, I was salty about that. But finals, hopefully they're going well for you. Hopefully you actually study. If you're like me where you procrastinate and then the night before you're like, I should really study. Eh, too late. Don't do that. That's not a good thing. Not. Although I could argue right now that my calculus final, like who cared? I'm not using calculus. And also, for the most part, I mean, other than these few random stories, it's like I don't even remember. Hmm. Anywho. Hmm. Notice how I didn't say any way. Study for your finals, and here's why. Even if you don't feel like you're going to use chemistry at all. Like, I'm not using chemistry in my job. I'm not. Wait. You don't have to use chemistry to no, save children? not really. No. It's, it's mm. except for when we bust out the foam machine, but I'll let Dallas handle that because he's a nuclear whatever, whatever. Even if you feel like, I'm not going to use this. Who cares? Guess who does care? Jesus. Jesus cares. And I mean that in a jokey way, but also in, like, a, everything we do should be done for the glory. Everything we do is worship. Here's your Jesus bite. Take your Jesus, what's the word? Sound bite is the word I'm looking for. Here's your Jesus sound bite for the pod for this week. Everything we do is worship, even taking finals. So do it with excellence as if you're doing it to glorify God. That's Praise. my finals take. That's Which good. I wouldn't even, I know that I wouldn't want to hear that if I was a sophomore. I'd be like, I'm not studying for this. But it's for real. Get off of Call of Duty. Stop playing Warzone. Stop playing DMZ. Put the controller down. And then when you get an A, you can play with me. I'll give you my gamer tag, and we can Whoa. play Call of Duty. Anyway. Why did I say anyway? Why did I say that? What is the word anyway? Anyway. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a buzzword. Yes. I almost so. said it again. I almost said it again. I need a transition word. That's what I need. I'm going to print a list of transition words, like if you were still in school learning <laughs> to write essays. I'll just hold it up and be like, moving on. In other so news, in other words. In other words, in other news. Also, all right, I want to add a new segment to our podcast. It's I haven't decided on the name, so maybe if you have a good name, you can shoot us a DM or something and give us a name. Dan and Shelby's suggestions, recommendations. We're going to tell you something you should listen to or you should go check out or you should watch. You should call it Dan and Shelby Have Good Taste. Ooh. So here's what you should do. What's up? Um, That's a long name. No, no, no. But there's, we need like, like elevated taste. There's a word I'm looking for. Like just imagine What's like, a, what do I want? What is our version of Delilah's Dilemmas? But instead of solving problems, <laughs> we give suggestions. Remember the radio lady who is still on the radio who's like, she is. Delilah. Like speaking of Christmas, I have vivid memories riding home on Christmas Eve from my grandparents' house. And for some reason, that's always what was on. Yes. Every time. Every I, Christmas Eve. I have two very distinct Delilah memories. Okay. One is Christmas related. I'll save that one. The first one is this. My mom's best friend lived in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. That's like not quite Lancaster, but around there. It's middle of nowhere in case you don't know. It's like we're all the Mennonite. Um, hey. and, and what's the other Mennonite? Not Mennonite, but uh, da, 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 da. Amish. Amish. Thank you. It's where they all live, like the uh, like the Dutch people, and they ride horse and buggies. Anyway, they had a farm down there, milk farm. I went there every summer and hung out, rode dirt bikes, and jumped on their trampoline and milked cows. It was a lot of fun. It's my mom's college best friend. Anyway, we're driving there. The sun is setting. We're going over the hills. And what song is playing? Delilah Talks. And then enter uh, the Spice Girls song. That's the remake of What's Her Name's song. And I'm blanking on it already. Shoot. Uh, Stevie Nicks song. What's the Stevie Nicks song that the Spice Girls redid? I don't know. <sighs> um, Landslide. Landslide starts playing by the Spice Girls. I just had this distinct memory of lands not brought me down as we're like going over the hills of pennsylvania and like the sun's in the background okay number two for delilah in case you don't know this is the radio personality lady she's on like what what is it here 1033 yeah at night 
And she always like takes calls from people who are like, I just want to tell my fiance I love her so much and she's so great. And my she's best like, and she'll be like, me in the face. <laughs> and she'll be like, I've got a song for you. And then it's like, Hey there, Delilah. What is it? Yeah, it, the song has anyway, the song has nothing to do with what they're talking about. But the other one is, I used to love Christmas music so much when I was a kid that I would go to bed with the radio on, and it was always Delilah radio as she played Christmas music. And it was so funny because during Christmas time, she would still take these calls, and the person would be like, Me and my girlfriend have been fighting lately, but I just love her and I appreciate her so much. And I just thought I'd call you so that you. I just thought you could pick just the right song to play and she's like i've got just the right song for you and then it's like jingle bells jingle bells that was like literally how that rolled and i was like this one doesn't make any sense but i would sleep with the radio on it was a little yellow radio um no white noise machines for me it was delilah radio christmas time basically if you know me you know that i think i have the best taste in the world and because of that we decided we would bestow our knowledge upon you so that you may listen to better worship music and better podcast Right, and hopefully my taste, just because I'm a student pastor, will be um, sometimes, at least today, it's very Jesus-oriented. So my life should, I hope my life is Jesus-oriented, but sometimes I watch shows where Jesus isn't really at the forefront. Uh. I'll go first. I have two. So if you have one, I'll go, f- I'll go, I'll bookend it. I'll go first and last. I also have two. I have a oh. podcast and a song. Oh, wow. You're going to love my podcast. You're going to be like, that's yeah. Four that's four things. That's four things that are just going to elevate your taste. Wow. You guys are getting really cool. Wow. Anyway, I shook my hair around. Um, <laughs> I'll go first, I guess. Sure. Okay, my first one is, this song is two years old, but I love it. And I, I think I listened to it when it came out. It's a worship song. I listened to it when it came out because uh, I know I listened to this whole album, but I don't think I like paid attention to it. And then I found a piano-only version on TikTok from this place, from this, uh, it's like a YouTube, TikTok, Instagram they're called Worship Together, and it's, um, is it ben- William Benjamin or Benjamin uh, William? Benjamin William Hastings. Benjamin William Hastings, who sings with Hillsong a lot. He just plays this song. The song's called Highlands, Song of Ascent. Uh, it's off an album they dropped in, like, 2020, which is, what's that album called? Do you remember? Uh, it's called People. People? Is that all it is? Mm-hmm. I have the uh, album art in my head, but I can't. Anyway, Highlands, it's two years old. I know I'm late it's to the game. three years old. It's almost four years old. It came out in 2019. Oh, I thought it was 2020. We're old. My bad. I thought it was 2020. It's like it, Good Grace and it's stuff a, it's like that. It's a few years old, but like it's one that I, I haven't over listened to yet because I tend to do that with worship songs. I find a really good worship song and I just put it on repeat and then it becomes old to me. Um, and I kind of use like overuse it and then it doesn't it doesn't quite do. But man, I just recently listened to it and I listened to his piano only version. It's on YouTube. If you if you YouTube worship together and then click on it, there's a video of I already forgot which first name comes first. Benjamin, Benjamin William Hastings. B W H. If you listen, there's just a piano version. He's got long curly hair. Dude is incredible. It's just him on a piano singing uh, Highland Song of Ascent. There's also an acoustic version. Anyway, that song there's is also a normal so live version. good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course there's a live version. If there's an acoustic version and a piano-only version, there's got to be a live version. There doesn't have to be anything. Okay, fine. There's a live version, there's an acoustic <laughs> version, and there's a piano-only version. They're all really good. Anyway, all right? But anyway, that song. song, it's so good. It's super encouraging to me lately. It's, I know I'm late, again, I know I'm late to the game, but it's really, really good. If you have not listened to Highlands, Song of Ascent by Hillsong United and Benjamin William, ha- Benjamin William Hastings, it is incredible. I think you should go listen to it. Your taste and your love for Jesus will be elevated. All right, your turn. Shelby's um, good taste. Okay, yeah, my, probably my favorite song right now is not as old as Dan's, but still it's not like brand new. Like there's a little shade thrown there. It's not as old as Dan's piece of junk. I didn't mean it like that. I was just saying. She did. It's just all Hail King Jesus, but also from the same album. Is that album called Homecoming? It's just the Homecoming yeah, album. Yeah, I don't know if that's the original All Hail King Jesus album, but All Hail King yeah. Jesus is on that Homecoming it's, album. It's the same way, like this that's the Bethel, same album that song, Highland Song of Synths on. It's like. They also have songs recorded from other people, like Another in the Fire, I'm pretty sure is originally a passion, but it's on that That's album. an older song, too, Another in the Fire. Yeah. So anyways, it's kind of like that, where it's like these albums were released as singles and some other people's, but basically, I like the version on the Homecoming live album, uh, All Hail King Jesus. Also on that album is um, Fart. Now I can't remember it. Homecoming. There's another song on there. Back to Life, Son of Suffering. No. Uh, weathered. Ooh, that's a good one. All of these songs are good, but not what I am thinking of. Uh, uh, Ring and Robe. Ooh, that is a good one. That one's pretty fun. So those are my two songs. But I, I also have a podcast, After Dance. Um, also, one of my favorite songs on that album, I'll throw in another one, is Back to Life. Yeah, it's the one incredible. that's trending on TikTok. The enemy thought That's he trending had on TikTok? Me. Yeah. 
I'm so ahead of the curve. But Jesus said you are mine. Yo, I don't know her name. I forget it off the top of my head. Zahira Zachariah. Her voice is crazy good. Holy smokes. She's so good. Anyway, that whole Homecoming album, you should just change it to go listen to the Homecoming album. Listen to Highland's Song of a Zaria Zachary. And then just go listen to the Homecoming album because it's really good. Also, I don't know if you noticed, if you've been to Chaos, we've sang Homecoming a couple times because I love that song. It is basically the gospel, uh, which is what we are all about. And their voices are incredible. That's also true. Also, Gable Price, the guy who sings Homecoming, well, he sings it with Corey Asbury. Uh, a friend of mine was his youth pastor. Uh, I refuse to say the word anyway, but moving on. <laughs> I found another uh, transition word. My second one of good taste. Listen, this one is less about taste and I think more about knowledge. It is Christmas time. And I love Christmas. Again, I love uh, all the fun stuff about Christmas. But again, we want to focus on Jesus' birth during Christmas time. That's why we're celebrating. And so there is a really, really, really cool church um, led by a pastor who goes to this church in Washington. It's called New Heights Church. And um, the pastor there actually went to my college well before me. He's a little bit older than me, uh, probably about like 20 years, which means he might have gone with my in-laws. I wonder if he was Michelle's parents' age. Anyway, that's a question for another... Dang it, I said anyway. Uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> that's a question for another time. But any... Yeah. Good one. What is wrong with me? Like, I do I have Tourette's? I don't... I've always wondered. <laughs> it's just my tick is I say anyway a lot. They are currently doing a series at this church uh, called Christmas in Israel. And this pastor likes to take people on trips to Israel... He loves to show them historical sites. I mean, it must be, I've never been, but it would be, I would love to. It must be so cool to stand somewhere and go, hey, the story where Jesus healed the leper was like right here, like in this field. You know what I mean? Like, that's just so cool. And so he goes all the time. So last time he took a trip to Israel, they actually. So casual. He goes all the time. He, well, he takes trips from his church. He like, he's been there enough. He's, I would say he's been there like 10 times probably. That's crazy. Yeah. And uh, so when last time he was in Israel, they shot their Christmas series that they're showing at their church right now. And it's basically him just talking about, hey, in ancient, I don't know if we'd call it ancient, but in like historic Israel, when Jesus was born, this is probably what it would have looked like. This is what a house would have looked like. This is probably where Mary and Joseph would have been. This is probably the road they would have traveled behind me is the city where Jesus grew up. All this really, 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 really cool stuff. Um, that just is such a cool way to show us because a lot of the Christmas story, and I think we're going to talk about this in a couple weeks in the podcast because I really, really want to. A lot of the Christmas story for us has become like myth that we've read into it um, about the wise men being there in the stable when Jesus was born or even or just being in a stable or all these kind of things, Mary riding a donkey and when the shepherds were there and what actually happened, all that is, is, isn't actually in the Bible. The story of the Bible is actually pretty short. And so all this is stuff that we've kind of added into the story. So it's just really, really, really cool. If you just YouTube new Heights church, uh, you'll find it Christmas in Israel. And it's been really, really cool to watch this pastor who is so much smarter than, than me, obviously, uh, who knows the Bible so well Talk about, hey, this is probably what actually happened right here where I'm standing as we video this and what actually probably happened in the Christmas story with Jesus. So I just thought that was really, really cool. I feel like that's not so much a taste thing as much as, man, I think if you watch that, you can learn a ton about the Bible and a ton about the Christmas story. So that's my second suggestion for Dan and Shelby have good taste. And my second is like an ongoing podcast, so it's not really just for the Christmas season. It's just 30 minutes with the Perrys. Uh, Jackie Hill Perry and her husband. What's his name? Uh, Preston. Yes. Uh, they live in Atlanta. They're a super cool married couple. And Love I love Jesus. Yeah. And she just, she has a really cool story. He also has a super cool story. Um, and they're just super honest with the way they talk about how Jesus changed their life and stuff. And I think it's super cool. The way they talk really just makes sense in my brain. Like I never get bored in the way that she explains like the context of the Bible. I'm like, wow. She, uh, she gave a message at Passion about just the holiness of the Lord and talking about this one scripture. And I was like, you just speak the way my brain works. So yeah. 30 minutes with the Perrys. She is incredibly smart and an incredible teacher. She wrote a book called Holier Than Thou that I haven't read yet. It's on my Christmas list if someone wants to buy it for me. Look at my Amazon wish list. Uh, but it's really, it, I mean, she. Whenever if you talk about someone who makes you want to say out loud audibly, oh my, that's good. 
she does it all the time. Yeah. So smart. So that's a really, really good one. Yeah, that's really cool. She I've never actually listened to their podcast, though. Really? No. Uh, they did an episode about dating that I listened to on the way back from Big Stuff. I mean, Jesus Overload for a week. And I was like, yeah, I need to listen Couldn't to this enough. right now. She also has a book called Gay Girl, Good God. And I'm a really slow reader, and I read that book quickly. And that's why Shelby and Dan have good taste, because we have good recommendations for you. Yeah. So check those out and tag us if you do. For real. And then when you learn all these things about Jesus, because we suggested these things. Yeah. They might not always be this. These are all very sound Jesus suggestions, by the way. I mean, we have two great songs, a great podcast, and a great kind of, I, I think I'd call it a video series, I guess you would call Christmas in Israel. But you'll learn a lot about Jesus if you listen to those things. If you just listen to those two songs, listen to one episode of the Perry's, and then one episode of Christmas in Israel. That's like four hours worth of content. You're going to learn a lot about the Bible and Jesus and how to walk with him. So you should do that. We just recently, moving on, just recently wrapped up our year in chaos of 2022. We have no more chaoses of 2022. Because it's Christmas. We are sad about that. But that just means we're one step closer to 2023. Ay. Which chaos in 2023 is going to be incredible. We'll have a pod Ay-ya. about, we'll have a pod looking back over 2022 and a pod looking forward. Catch like it. That. Forward, mm-hmm. if you're watching the video one more time. I think it's going to be January 4th that's going to be released. Probably, I don't so remember. The, I'm not good with dates, but uh, in January we'll have a 2033 look ahead, look forward. But we had an incredible year, we had an awesome year, and chaos only happens because we have incredible, incredible leaders. Leaders. We have really, really awesome volunteers who dedicate a ton of time, effort, blood, sweat, tears. Other bodily fluids. <laughs> Uh, they dedicate so much to chaos to make it happen. Uh, there's so much effort and so much work and so much time that you guys probably don't even see or know that happens. So we, what we want to do is we want to take a minute here at the end of the pod and just make sure that you guys understand how incredible your leaders are to hopefully when you end this podcast and you put your phone down, you won't put your phone down. You'll actually take your phone and you'll text your small group leader and say, Hey, I appreciate you and I love you. And I'm thankful for all you do because they do a lot. So we currently have 23 small group leaders at Chaos, and they are leading 10 groups of, st- about 10, about 10 groups of students in 6th to 12th grade. I say about 10 because sometimes certain groups are two, and sometimes we kind of morph them into one when certain people are missing. But uh, 23 small group leaders leading about 10 groups of students from 6th to 12th grade, which they are awesome, and they are what make Chaos happen. And then nothing, our whole goal of our student ministry is relational. We want relational discipleship. We want adults who love Jesus and are following Jesus to walk with you and help you follow Jesus. Kind of like there's a verse in the Bible where Paul basically says, hey, follow me as I follow Jesus. That's the concept of what we would like to happen. And we believe that to be what discipleship, in case you don't know what that is, discipleship really is. So leaders are like the backbone of chaos student ministry because that's who we believe is going to help impact students the most. It's not going to be a great message from stage that does it. I mean, those are fine. It's not going to be a great worship set. Those are awesome and fine. It's not going to be a great game. Those are awesome and fine. What's really going to make life change happen is as we walk through life together, constantly with each other, pointing each other to Jesus. And that's why leaders are so important. I have a few leaders in my life as a kid who grew up in church that I can think of who really impacted my life. Do you, Shelby, as a kid who grew up in student ministry, have like a, a, a leader or specific couple leaders who really like, you feel like I am the way I am because these leaders took time and effort to pour into my life? Yeah, I mean, I think of two. I did a summer interning at the gathering place. Um, I think the summer before I went into 11th grade, my small group leader's name was Anna. And I just thought she was the coolest. She was at Georgia Southern. Um, super cool girl. She was just really great. And her and her friend, I think, were just really cool for me. Especially her um, her friend was another good person to listen to because her friend, her friend's father was a pastor. And so she kind of got the little pastor kid dynamic and stuff like that. And a lot of, like, the way that your parents being in that kind of role plays into, like, guilt and shame and stuff like that. And so... They were both really cool people to talk to that summer, and I learned a lot that summer, and they helped me kind of, like, break that down and really apply that. So that was those were both really cool people. And then Brooke Rabin was my small group leader. <sighs> Brooke. <laughs> Sounds like, I guess I'll say Brooke. I guess, Brooke. Ugh. I'm just kidding. No, JK, Brooke was really you, Brooke. great. Yeah. I, when I look back and think about the way my girls treat me, I think, dang, I put Brooke through the ringer. <laughs> Like, girls are so much nicer than I was we, to my leader. We just were so difficult. Like, mm. we 
there were times when we were really serious and we were very capable of having very deep conversations. But we used to cut up so much and we bullied Brooke. We really made fun of her. We used to have this <laughs> joke where we would say seizure salad instead of Caesar salad. Because oh, no. Brooke has mad seizures. And Brooke has se- that's so mean. Yeah, like really bad. Like Why did she serious. not like leave you guys? I don't know. Another testament to leaders in what they endure because Seriously. they love you and they want you to love Jesus. I had a leader. His name was Scott Durr. Scott was a large man who was very bald, and we made fun of him a lot for being bald. Uh, and he lives in the great state of New York where I grew up in Binghamton, New York. Festival, New York, actually, is where I grew up, the greater greater Binghamton area. Mm. Um, and Scott was a part of the student ministry as long as I can remember. I remember I was the, I'm the youngest of all my siblings, and all my friends are my brother's age, which was two grades ahead of me, actually. Um, and I remember just looking forward to I was in the kids' programming, and I just, just wanted to be in our student ministry. I just wanted to be in the youth group. I just wanted to be in student ministry. And Scott Durr was just a huge part. I just remember goofing around a lot. Scott was one of those leaders who may have been a full-grown adult, but he was just a kid. We farted a lot. <laughs> there was just a lot of farting on each other. That's just what we did when you're a middle school boy. I don't know. Sometimes if, if you're a high school girl. if it de- <laughs> We all do it, okay? Everybody poops. Everybody farts. It's all good. Um, and someone's cringing because I'm not saying toot, but uh, fart is the proper flatulation uh, uh, yeah. ew. anyway uh we did a lot of that stuff we goofed around i remember on mission trips he was a leader who was like sleeping you know like you know when you're like on a mission trip we don't really do these anymore uh but you used to like sleep on the floor in a basement just so you could like help a church out we drove an hour south in pennsylvania one year to help this church out in carbondale pennsylvania uh carbondale also makes some appearance in the scrubs i'm mean, not scrubs in the office I'm the it way sounds kind of familiar yeah he says carbondale uh did you go to the gas station in carbondale that's what he says yeah they had no fresh yams that's what he says anyway <laughs> we went to carbondale on a mission trip and scott was the one who slept you know on the basement floor with all the guys he, like was roughing it with us you know we'd pull out air mattresses that immediately leaked and you're basically sleeping on the floor he was the one who was like we bought these dollar store like little dart guns that shot little rubber pellets that hurt so bad for a dollar store gun i've never had something hurt so bad that costs so little uh like we're not talking like airsoft sure they cost a lot of money paintball they cost a lot of money and those things hurt this was like a small spring-loaded dollar store gun that shot a little rubber pellet and it hurt and we just had battles in the basement where we just were shoot each other in the face we took our shirts off to make it more painful Mm. it was yeah Anyway, Scott was always there. He was just always in the midst. What I mean by that is, like, all this to say, Scott was a leader who was just always in the midst of the students. Like, no matter what we were doing, Scott was just, like, a part of He wasn't, of it. like, talking to other Correct. leaders. Correct. Like he, he wasn't, was like, in, in the background. He wasn't, like, hey, good luck, have fun playing the game. Scott was the one, like, in the middle of the game. And sure, sometimes we were, like, Scott, leave us alone. But, like, <laughs> he was just always there. And he was always showing. It was just a demonstration that I look at it in my life that, like, he was just someone who was there. When I was in high school, I was trying to learn how to play guitar. Um, so I could play worship because I thought it would help me get girls. And then um, I I knew like six chords. That's all I knew. But that's really all you need to know to play most worship songs. And I remember I had a really crappy $50 guitar that I got from the store. And Scott had a very nice Taylor guitar. And he was buying an even nicer new one because Scott played helped lead worship at our church. And I remember Scott gave me his guitar. And I remember looking at him and going, bro, this guitar is so much money. And he was just like, you can have it. And I was like, you don't want to like sell it or trade it in? He's like, no. He's like, I want you to have it as long as you promise that it'll be used to help like people worship and like see Jesus. And I won't lie to you. I don't play a lot of guitar anymore, but my, that same guitar sits backstage. It has been used by Timothy um, like to lead worship at Chaos. I know for a fact it has. And it's just such a cool moment to see, like, Scott gave me that guitar when I was in high school, and he absolutely should not have. It was an irresponsible adult decision (laughs) to give a a junior in high school, like, a $1,500 guitar. Like, it's just dumb. Like, why did you do that? But, like, that guitar is on the stage. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it leads worship at chaos sometimes. The guitar doesn't, but Timothy uses it sometimes. And that's just such a cool thing. And that is because a leader like Scott dedicated a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy and a lot of sanity. He's probably a crazy, crazier person now, like because he loves students and he loved Jesus and he wanted to see that. There's another guy named Wayne Morgan who I talked about before in a podcast, um, who wasn't really a part of my youth group, but was just I met him in high school and I remember being like, I want to be like this dude. And I think we talked about God's him in episode my life. Two. Yeah, so we talked about him a little bit ago. If you want to hear about Wayne Morgan, um, I really want to. I just want to quickly demonstrate for you guys, just in case you don't know. A day in the life of your leaders and your volunteers. Um, every one of your leaders 
your small group leader, our leaders at Rush, they all have their own families. They all have their own full-time jobs or whatever their job may be. They have their own jobs. They have their own families. They have their own lives with so much going on. I don't know if you know this, but when you're an adult, it's some of it's not fun. There's a lot of paperwork you got to do as an adult. There's a lot of things you got to handle. There's a lot of bills you got to pay. A lot of phone calls. Yeah, so I hate phone calls. If you are someone who can text me instead of calling me, I am the classic millennial. Please text me. <laughs> and if I text you, and you call me back. Ooh. Ooh. Our friendship has taken a hit. All right? My friend Matt, I love him so much. He does that all the time. I'll be like, hey, man, how's your day? Phone call. I'm like, all right. But then I talk to him, and he's great, and I love him. Uh, anyway, they have their own lives, but they love you enough, okay? But they have dedicated and promised their time. They love you enough, your leaders, to give up time and effort and all those things for you. And we ask your leaders to show up consistently, which means we ask them to show up to house parties consistently. Obviously, there's times when they're out of town or they're sick or whatever. Um, but we ask them to show up consistently to be reliable. And they are, which is incredible because you guys know your leader's going to be there. And then we also ask them to show up randomly. We have we just had some leaders go to a Christmas concert for the band. We have leaders at football games. We have leaders at soccer games. We have leaders at plays. We have leaders at tennis matches. We have leaders at all this stuff because, again, even though they have their own family, their own life, their own full-time job, they love you enough that they want to be there and be a part of your life. We expect a few things from our leaders. I'm just going to say this, two things, really. Uh, number one, we want our leaders to love Jesus. That's our first and foremost. So if someone's like, hey, I really want to be a leader at chaos, the first thing we like, do you love Jesus? That's the most important thing. And then number two is, do you love students? Because I feel like we've all met that random youth group leader at least I did growing up. Maybe there wasn't one in chaos back in the day. No, there definitely was. But like, there's always an older leader at a student ministry who loves Jesus and probably loves students at one point in their life, but is like over it. It's just like, I hate these kids. And they're just like super mean. I had a guy who I remember being a kid at my church in New York, and I forget his name. Oh, man. But he was an older guy who clearly had done so many years of ministry. He was an awesome guy. He loved Jesus. But I just remember me and my friends goofing off and him getting like so angry he was like shaking with rage as he just yelled at us to shut up he was just like yelling at us me and my friend timmy white he was just like shaking with timmy, rage uh, uh timmy. timmy white and i did some shenanigans that's all i'll say about that but we ask our leaders to what were the two things shelby we asked them to love god and G yeah and love students yes those are our two requirements Sorry. and Jesus. then yeah and then we just ask that they live like it so i still maintain Maybe someone will disagree with me with this, but I think if you were going to volunteer at our church in any way, shape, or form, from the band to the guest services team to whatever you're going to do, to media, whatever, hey. I think the volunteer role at our church that, we, that it requires the most from you to do well is to be a volunteer at Chaos. We're asking you to come on another night of the week. We're asking you to not just show up, but to lead students, but to be involved in students' lives. We want you to show up outside of Wednesday nights. A ton is required. So I say all this to say this. I hope that you guys, if you haven't ever thought about it before, if you're a student who's a part of Chaos and you're listening today and you've never really thought about your leader, you, like, well, you thought about him, you talked to him, but you've never really thought about like their life outside of group or like what they do or how much effort and time and energy they put in because they care that much about you. If you've never thought about that before, hopefully it's hitting you right now that your leader loves you so much that they show up consistently and they show up randomly at your games and at your stuff. And they're there every Wednesday because they love you and they love Jesus and they want you to love Jesus more because they believe a life following Jesus is the best life. And they want you to know that as well. So the goal, this is what we'll wrap up with. The goal for our leaders in the way that they interact and the relationships they have with you guys is that when life gets tough for you, when you're a seventh grader and your girlfriend breaks up to you and ups with you and the world seems to come crashing down or you're a senior and you didn't get into the school you wanted to get into or your parents are going through something or your family's going through something or you just lost someone you love, any of those things, any of those big life events that are just tough, whether they are, whether you look back on them a few years ago, that wasn't actually that big of a deal or you look at it and go, no, it was a big deal. We hope that you, your relationship with your leaders do this when you need someone to talk to and your parents just seem like, man, that's just not the move right now. And you're thinking to yourself, man, who is someone who loves me and cares about me and I can ask for advice? We hope that the first person that comes to your mind is your small group leader. 
Um, that's what we want our leaders. That's how we want them to be and interact with you. We hope that your first person, when you're like, man, I don't know what to do. I'm in trouble. I can't talk to my parents right now. They're not here or they're gone or whatever. Who's an adult? Who's someone who loves me and cares about me? I can talk to We hope the first person that comes to mind is your small group leader. Um, we hope that you know that there's an adult who loves you, an adult who cares about you, an adult who loves Jesus and can help you see him in the tough times of life when you're really in the soup, you know? You're going through the soup of life. What? I don't know. I heard that recently when I was watching a movie that like, we're in the soup here. That's a weird reference. I don't know either because I've never actually been in soup. Yeah. You ever been in soup? Should we let you guys swim in soup? I was at a camp one time. We're kind of, we're off the leaders now, but appreciate and love your leaders. I was at a camp one time where they basically took kiddie pools and they filled them with just disgustingness left over from the cafeteria and it basically became a stew. It was like beef, it was like beef stew and bananas and trash. It was disgusting. And they took Scrabble tiles and just threw the Scrabble tiles in, in the soup and just went, "Hey, you have to spell." They gave like a timer on the clock and they just said, "Spell." And you were sending people from different teams. They were like, "Spell as many words with the Scrabble tiles as you can." And you had to run in there and basically like dive into the soup. And that's where I think this whole saying came from. That's disgusting. It's not true. I saw it on a thing. It's a little saying when you're in the soup. We're in the soup here. That's from Prep and Landing. I was watching it with my children. Christmas little show, f- short film, where the reindeer's like in the middle of a storm. He's like, we're in the soup here. I'm going to have to rewatch that because that line never stuck out to me in the past. <laughs> and then they say, like, turning off the engines. And they all just like lift their feet and they just like coast in. <laughs> yeah. I love Prep and Landing. It's good. Uh, but when you're in the soup of life. And you're like, man, I need someone to talk to. Who loves me? Who can I trust? Who's going to be there for me? Who's going to point me in the right direction? Who's going to help me see Jesus in the difficult moments of my life? We hope that the first person that comes to mind is your small group leader. So I won't say anyway. I will say lastly, we hope while you're listening to this, not we hope, this is what you should do. Ready? If you're a student and you're listening to this, you go to chaos or you go to a different church and you have a small group leader who you can think of right now. You know their name, you have their number. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to, as soon as this podcast is over, you're going to take your phone, you're going to open the messages app and you're going to type their name in and then you're going to write them a message. And it can be something as short as saying, hey, thank you for what you do. Thank you for all that you, I mean, if you want to feel fancy, you could use the word sacrifice because they sacrifice a lot for you, time, effort with their family, at their job, whatever it is. Just go ahead and send them a little text message. Send them a, I mean, go, if you're thinking about Snapchat, go, go higher. Think higher. Text message. Email. <laughs> Email is a weird, text them. Or if you're feeling bold, give them a call. Give them a FaceTime if you're feeling really, <laughs> you know. Um, but shoot your leader a text. Just say, hey, thank you for what you do. I appreciate you. And you're helping me follow, like you helping me follow Jesus is the most important thing. So just say, say thank you. Tell them you appreciate them. Give them the gift of appreciation Mm -hmm. this Christmas season because they deserve it. Mm -hmm. This is the That's Good Podcast. Shelby, you say it. This has been the That's Good Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us. We will see you next time. 